tell you what, there's a lot of confusion uh, in our culture. And uh, in fact, uh, it's even uh, almost a dangerous thing to talk about manhood and, and womanhood. But the bottom line is, you know, God created us male and female for a reason. And uh, there are unique differences. And I think those differences are things to actually be celebrated. on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I'm excited to have on the phone line Pastor Mark Batterson. Mark, how are you today? Hey, doing great, Taylor. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know you've got a, uh, a really exciting new book that's coming out pretty soon. It's called Play the Man. So I, I guess I know that you've written a lot of books before that a lot of our listeners are probably very familiar with. What inspired you to write this book? Yeah, you know, this one is, uh, I've been waiting to write for eight years. Uh, I wanted to uh, go through a discipleship process with my two sons first, but uh, this one's been in my heart for a long time. You know, I think there's a gap uh, in our culture of uh, really uh, men not knowing how to uh, first be men of God, but then secondly, how, how do how do fathers become spiritual fathers? How do we disciple the next generation? And my prayer for this book is that it would really fill that gap. And of course, I share uh, my experience with my family, and uh, I I think it's going to be a help uh, to those who read it. So what does the Bible say about biblical manhood, and how how does that relate to what our culture tells us? Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of confusion uh, in our culture. And uh, in fact, uh, it's even uh, almost a dangerous thing to talk about manhood and and womanhood, but the bottom line is, you know, God created us male and female for a reason, and uh, there are unique differences, and I think those differences are things to actually be celebrated. Uh, Now, you have to be careful not to uh, just uh, buy into the cultural differences. I think you have to get into the biblical differences, and that's what I try to do in the book when I talk about the uh, seven virtues of manhood, Um, You know, I'm really targeting men and uh, some of the challenges that we face and uh, the opportunities that we have as well. Um, And so the the book definitely goes after the the male reader and uh, specifically um, uh, fathers at the end of the book, but men in general. And uh, and so excited to see how it really helps raise up a, a generation of godly men. So you mentioned earlier the seven virtues of manhood. Would you mind saying what those are? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, it starts with tough love, and uh, and by the way, I think tough love is uh, seven inch spikes being nailed through your hands and feet for someone you love. I think Jesus is the uh, definition of tough love. It's loving people when when they least expect it and least deserve it, and uh, that's the standard that we're called to. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And so that's the starting point, Taylor. Uh, And then I get into uh, a handful of other virtues from uh, true grit to raw passion to uh, childlike wonder is one that uh, is a fun chapter. Uh, Talk about clear vision and uh, end up with moral courage. And so, you know, they are values that, listen, women, 
uh, can certainly exercise true grit as well. Um, but the reason why I'm targeting men is because that's what Malachi does at the end of his book. The last verse of the Old Testament is a prayer that God would turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children toward their fathers. And so um, what I do is apply these seven virtues to uh, men in particular, and I think it'll help us be better husbands and better fathers. So you talk a lot about fatherhood here. How have, have you implemented this with your own sons, and what results have you seen from it? Well, and that's why I waited to write this book. I wanted to go to the go through the discipleship process with my two sons. Let, let me just say this, Taylor. I, I was recently in a room with 500 guys, and I asked them how many had been intentionally discipled by their fathers, and three hands went up. Uh, so 497 hands didn't, didn't go up. And, uh, you know, I think there's a gap here where it's tough for us to do for the next generation what wasn't done for us. And so what I do is I share about the discipleship covenant that I created for my sons when they turned 12. And I actually share that in the book because I want to give guys a tool uh, that they can use. And then I talk about that year, some of the things I did from the father-son meetings that I did with my with my sons to the, the three parts of the covenant, which are physical, intellectual, and spiritual. Uh, you know, we don't have time to deep dive on those, but I will say this, I I ran a triathlon with my uh, with my oldest son uh, as a as a physical challenge, and there's something bonding about uh, doing that kind of thing together with your son. And then uh, the intellectual covenant, we read 12 books together. I think leaders are readers, and and I wanted my sons to develop that reading habit. And then the spiritual uh, piece of the covenant was wonderful. Uh, it's amazing when you read through the Bible and talk through the Bible with your children. It's a powerful thing. And uh, when they fulfilled that covenant at the end of the year, we did a, uh, an amazing rite of passage experience that I share in the book. Uh, with my oldest son, we hiked the Grand Canyon rim to rim. And uh, with my youngest son, we actually uh, rafted uh, the Colorado River into the Grand Canyon, hiked out of it. And then we ended that year of discipleship with a, uh, with a little ceremony uh, that involved some other family members and uh, really sealed some of the lessons that they learned uh, during that year. And so all of that's in the book. And uh, I think it's my way, Taylor, of, of maybe helping uh, those who didn't have a father do this for them. How do we do it uh, for our sons? So then what would be maybe, if, if we've got a listener here, to, to tantalize them a little bit with what's, what's in the book, um, what would be some of the first steps that they could start taking with their sons today? Well, I, you know, I think it just starts with intentionality, honestly. Um, about three or four months before my boys turned 12, uh, I spent a lot of time reading, researching, praying, and of course you got to be a student of your own kids. And so uh, I created a covenant that I felt was tailored towards them. And so really the covenant that I share in the book is a template. My hope is that uh, fathers would uh, not just adopt it wholesale, but actually adapt it uh, to their kids. And uh, And then I share a lot of ideas about um, how you can uh, craft that, that physical, intellectual, and spiritual piece, shared some of the mistakes I made, uh, as well as uh, some of the things that uh, honestly went even better than I anticipated. And so um, that's the second half of the book, and I think that's where 
uh, you know, the book is for men in general with the seven virtues, but I think fathers are going to be the, the primary beneficiary uh, because of some of those uh, helpful tools that they'll find in the, in the second half of the book. Yeah, I was going to ask then. So, it, it, and obviously, we're talking a lot about uh, fathers as a demographic. But for those who are uh, men who are maybe younger and don't have kids yet, or who are older and maybe have grandkids and their and their kids are already grown up, um, what what does the book have to offer them? Yeah, well, I think the seven virtues are for any man, uh, young or old. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that we've got. Uh, boys in high school and, and uh, college age uh, men that, that are going to read the book. But, you know, I think grandfathers are in a unique position to influence a couple generations. And so, uh, you know, I hope it's a book that uh, would leverage them. And so uh, even those who, who might not have uh, children, maybe they're not a father, uh, listen, I think God has still called us to uh, be spiritual fathers and spiritual sons, and so I think there's plenty of application uh, for them. And so, uh, you know, I think all of the, all men are going to benefit from these seven virtues, but then it's the uh, uh, fathers in particular that uh, that last piece of the book is going to be incredibly helpful for them. So if Christian men really started embodying these seven virtues and really started embodying this biblical manhood, how do you think that would impact society at large? Well, I, I think it would be the beginning of some kind of revival because uh, that starts in the heart and in the home. Uh, you know, Taylor, I have a little a little saying, I want to be famous in my home. Uh, you know, I, I don't care about fame or fortune. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I want to be famous in my home. And it's hard to be famous in your home if you aren't home, by the way. I think for a lot of guys, work becomes home and home becomes work. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I have a definition of success, and it's that uh, those who res- uh, know me best respect me most, and that's my wife and kids. And so I think when men step up and step in as husbands and fathers, it changes the equation, and, and it really sets the table uh, for what what God wants to do. And, and that's coming from a pastor. You know, I, I listen, I love youth pastors, but it's not their job to disciple my children. That's my job. And, of course, I'm grateful for a tag team. Uh, I love that, that uh, we've got youth pastors and youth groups, but it's my responsibility at the end of the day. And I think if we do our job, uh, then God always does his job. And so I, I think it's the beginning of, really uh, something pretty significant. I mean, I think on the scale of a, of a great awakening, if men really step in as husbands and fathers and and begin to fulfill those roles in a way that's uh, biblical and that's God-honoring, and that's really the heart behind this book. That sounds fantastic. So if people want to check out the book for themselves, read all, read all the more detail than just this interview, where can they get the book? Yeah, we've got some... Uh, uh, sample chapter, downloadables, uh, all of that good stuff at playtheman.com. So just the, the book title, uh, .com, playtheman.com. And, and uh, I'd be happy to connect with uh, folks as well at markbatterson.com. And I think both places uh, would be a good starting point. And, of course, the book's available, uh, you know, in any outlet. Um, uh, 
that, uh, that listeners would go to. And it's coming out pretty close to Father's Day, so that's always a potential gift idea for, uh, for any people listening. Hey, that's, uh, if, we can, if we can take care of, uh, of that gift piece uh, with this book, that's wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure to talk with you about this. Would you mind closing us with prayer? Absolutely. Lord, I, I just lift up uh, men to you right now who are listening and pray, God, that you would raise up not just a generation of men, but men of God who are, are serious about fulfilling uh, that function and uh, they understand that there's a unique privilege and responsibility that comes with being a man. And God, we, uh, we accept that and we thank you for it. Lord, for those who maybe uh, are struggling with uh, not knowing how to uh, be the best husband, the best father that they can be, God, I pray that uh, you would encourage them. Uh, all of us fall short, but Lord, I believe that you honor the effort. And, uh, God, I pray that uh, you would help us to be the men that you've called us to be. And, uh, and God, thank you for the women who are listening. And uh, sometimes their patience with us. And, uh, God, I pray that you would use this book to raise up a generation of men who play the man and do it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Mark Batterson on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us. Do you have content inspired by God? Jesus Live TV is a worldwide media platform and web-based television station, and they're on all the time, everywhere. They're looking for Holy Spirit programming that will inspire, disciple, and encourage, and they're willing to promote your ministry at no cost. Find out more information at www.jesuslivetv.com. That's www.jesuslivetv.com. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.